up. <laughs> yeah, I know it's late. I'm sorry for calling. I just couldn't sleep. I got some things on my mind. You got a second? I promise it won't take long. Probably crazy for calling, calling. But baby girl, I'm falling, falling. I'm falling for you. It's 2 a.m. I know I shouldn't be calling, calling. But baby girl, I'm falling, falling. I'm falling for you. So come over, baby. You could put the blame on me. Drive you to ecstasy, your body belongs to me. Go deep in your fantasy. Yeah, now we don't have to rush, girl. Let me worship your body. I'll make you feel things you never felt before. And if I stop, you're begging me for more. Begging me for more. Tell me what you want. Just tell me what you need. joining us once again those were the smooth sounds of contra that tune you heard was called 2 a.m it's 2 a.m <laughs> i know it's gonna be coming what's up cynic what's cracking lacking baby what's up dog we're back season three episode two another day in paradise it's been a not so great week since we last recorded i don't know what's wrong with me man but i have not been sleeping well lately so i was pretty crabby today and uh i hope i didn't make my family suffer too much <laughs> my bad mood but i didn't sleep well and then i woke up super <laughs> early and i couldn't get back to sleep whatever sleep i could get anyway and um yeah i don't know you know i think sometimes the the winter here like i'm I'm obviously used to it in terms of the temperature but i, I guess i'll never get used to the lack of sunlight and i think it just starts to wear on you and this obviously this corona lockdown bullshit doesn't help so all all you can really do is kind of just go out for a walk <laughs> around where you live um i mean of course you can do the shopping as a grocery shopping but in terms of finding something to do and somewhere to go and being out in the sunlight it's just not not happening so gotta go out in the uh overcast under the overcast gray skies and whatever first world problems first world problems <laughs> you guys don't have restaurants open over there um there are some that are open but from what i've seen uh if they're open they're only offering like to go you know like pick up mm. you know dine out or whatever so yeah there 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 isn't like sitting uh, sitting in a restaurant or you know even outside out front and just having a meal that's not happening right now not in Berlin, anyway. You know, you know, I'm laughing, man, because the U.S. has the most reported cases of COVID 
We took the cake. We took that cake a long time ago. Mm. You know what I mean? There's fucking restaurants open out here. There's clubs open out here. <laughs> it's fucking. <laughs> it's, it's the Americans don't give a fuck. And the reason I laugh is because today we're going to touch up on. I don't know if we want to call it Chronicles of an Expat or Expat Stories or the Diary of an Expat. I don't know what we're going to call it. Expat we'll Chronicles. Yeah, I don't we're know. Gonna touch up on that. We're gonna touch up on that. Kind of, you know, the the pros and the cons, or or not so much the pros and the cons, but just the, you know the kind of some of the things that you went through transitioning. Mm-hmm. You know, and when you say expat guys, that's expatriate. Um, mm-hmm. It's short for expatriate. We're gonna we're gonna get into that, which I'm really excited about. But I went to dinner <laughs> last night for my cousin's birthday. You know, over here, there's there's uh, like whatever's happening over there. I think it's also happening here, but just on smaller scales, right? We also have here the groups of people who are, let's say, Corona deniers, or you know what I mean. It's like that they do exist, and at the, and I would also say that even though yeah, restaurants are closed and we're going through this lockdown right now. I mean, I don't know how many of you, of our listeners follow the the numbers in Germany. I would imagine none. But uh, the numbers are going up and they continue to go up. It's the whole reason we're in lockdown. So even though they have this current lockdown in place, there's still something going on. There's still something that isn't being done because the numbers continue to rise. And it's a, a lot of speculation about why they continue to rise, you know, despite the lockdown. But they do. I'm just pointing it out just in fairness um, because, of course, it would be great to say, oh, yeah, we're doing this lockdown. Numbers are going down. You know, we're doing the right thing. But something's still amiss here. Something's still amiss. I mean, I have a friend, my um, my bass player in my group, and he's funny because he's like, bro, this corona shit is fake. This COVID shit is fake. Does he really say that? I mean, yeah, he's like, they, they did it to get Trump out of office. Like, you know. <laughs> how can you be around someone then, like that? I don't understand how you can be because, around someone. Because I, I I know his humor, I you know, I can't. But is he like, joking or I, does he really believe it? That's the thing is that even if he's not, I still love him. <laughs> it's weird, you know. It's like come here, Danny, give me a hug, you know. And he's a lighthearted individual. He jokes around a lot, you know. So you can't take him too serious. But then I don't know. Sometimes I don't know. I guess it gets heated the the debates. But it's always respectful, so that's cool. I don't know. If, I don't know if he's freaking. I don't know if he's serious half the time, but he's a good guy. Yeah, I mean, okay, so, we got we got Republicans in the family too. That that's fair enough. I mean, Republicans are not the problem per exactly say per I don't se. Have any issues with Republicans? <laughs> you know, there's there's some Republicans that vote that way because at the end of the day, it benefits their pockets more. Maybe they own a business. Maybe you know whatever the case may be. And I get that, dude. You know, I I'm not. But then there's the other Republicans that naggers. <laughs> Alrighty, man, let's shake, rattle, and motherfucking roll. I got Florida woman today, Cynic. I'm very excited to hear what Florida woman has been up to in the last week. She's definitely going to disappoint. <laughs> the uh, title of this one is, You're Violating My Rights, Florida Woman Jailed Again for Refusing to Wear Mask. Again? Okay. Cindy Falco may have wanted a bagel at Einstein Bagels Brothers near Boca Raton, but she may have had to settle for eating one in a Palm Beach County jail the next morning. Cindy, 62, who lives in Boynton Beach, was arrested Thursday morning after she refused to leave an Einstein bagel shop, 9795 Glades Road, because she refused to wear a mask. There is a mask mandate in Palm Beach County due to COVID-19, which is currently surging in Florida. Palm Beach County has had more than 96,000 confirmed cases and more than 2,000 deaths since the novel coronavirus pandemic began, according to Florida Department of Health. Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> but Cindy, according to Palm Beach County Sheriff's Office, was inside the bagel shop screaming at customers and employees, you are violating my rights and you are violating the Constitution. Cindy was arrested and charged with trespassing and resisting an officer without violence. She was held on $2,000 and released on Friday. According to the arrest report, when deputies went into Einstein, they saw Cindy standing in front of the counter, screaming loudly at customers and employees and shouting, I am not leaving, that is discrimination. When her officer asked her to step outside, Cindy refused, stating, constitution codes and discrimination statutes and told a young black female to record the interaction the report said why she gotta be black though what does that have to do with anything <laughs> yeah they made sure to put it in there though. told a young color girl <laughs> so according to the report the deputy grabbed her gently by the arm upon which cindy pulled back and refused to obey the verbal commands another officer then assisted and between the two of them cindy was escorted out of einstein bagels in handcuffs and we reached the end of this fucking article so mm-hmm. don't be a fucking Cindy, guys. You know, <laughs> wear your fucking mask, yeah. regardless of how you feel about it. You know, I hate it, man. Traveling with the mask is the worst. Being on that airplane, I'm going to Vegas next month. Fucking five hour flight. I am You're traveling fool these days, huh? Come on, baby. I shake around right and roll. You know I'm a real one. Traveling everywhere except but... <laughs> to visit your brother in Germany. They don't let us in. <laughs> they don't let us in, bro. All right, man. I give you that one. All right. All right. All right. I would have been there last motherfucking year, bro. If, you know what I'm saying? That that trip, the last trip we took was freaking magical, man. No, no yeah, bullshit. But that was awesome. Actually going to Vegas and Arizona and visit the Grand Canyon. But. <laughs> the fuck? That's going to be really cool. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but that fucking, I hate wearing. I hate it, man. I hate it. And for me, I, I don't even think I need it. But I fucking do it. You know, who else? Who else hates? Does anybody else get like the little sweats on the mustache from wearing the mask too long? Maybe not. In, not so much over there because it's cold, so I don't think it heats up. But over here, you know, like it's it's a fucking mm-hmm. oven. It's a swamp. Mm-hmm. I hate that. <laughs> I hate that shit, bro. Yeah, there are a lot of things here that I that that we. So my wife and I, we both also don't get. Like you know, the rules that they make. It's like okay, so this is allowed, but this isn't allowed. You know, or vice versa. Exactly. But, I mean, I think I would like to call myself a rational person. I think a rational person would step back and realize, okay, you can't have a perfect system. There's always going to be some flaw. There's always going to be some little loophole. It's always going to happen. There's no way they can come up with rules that are perfect for everyone in every situation. So, you know, even though some things make no sense you like you move on right you what you don't do is say i'm gonna go get a meal without my mask and prove try to prove a point i mean what is what is the point of that i saw an image uh the the other no i get you man i saw an image the other day on uh, social media it was a it was a animated image but where the mask goes it was green and it was rotting from this face down and then this part was normal Mm -hmm. you know Mm mm-hmm and it got me thinking. I'm like, man, what if people stop caring about like their dental hygiene because we got to wear these masks so much that people don't care about how their smile is and this <laughs> alters humanity as we know it. Something your, I'm not gonna... your buddy probably created that animation. <laughs> He's so funny. Silly. He'll send me something. He'll be like, bro, is this racist? And I go, if you have to ask me if it's racist, <laughs> it's fucking racist, bro. Let's just start with that. But yeah, bless his I don't, heart. I don't get it either. I don't get it either, bro. But it's weird. Last thing I want to get into before we we move along here, because I know my Florida woman segment's got a little long. Um, 
I our think we're cousin. doing we're doing this more and more often. We're just chit chatting away, and then the fuck, <laughs> man. You know what? Let's talk. We're gonna change the name to fucking coffee shop, man. You know what I mean? Sit down, have a coffee. Let's talk, baby. Let's Baba shop. All right, Baba shop talk, baby. Our cousin. Happy birthday! Shout out. Happy Elizabeth. birthday, Ellie. You're a real one. Happy birthday. So what am I doing right now? Fun fact. Fun fact. Fun fact. I'll make this as quick as possible. Let's see. So I don't know how, how, how much people are aware of this fact, but we have, as a planet, come close to World War III numerous times. And not every time has it been reported. So um, I've seen anywhere from between 10 and 15 different occasions where we almost went into, uh, where, where we almost triggered World War Three. What? So I'm going to read uh, one of these uh, occasions. On September 26, 1983, Lieutenant Colonel Stanislav Petrov was in command at Serpukov-15, a bunker where the Soviets monitored their satellite-based detection systems. Shortly after midnight, panic broke out when an alarm sounded signaling that the United States had fired five intercontinental ballistic missiles, or ICBMs, toward Russia. The warning was a false alarm. One of the satellites had misinterpreted the glint of sunlight off of clouds near, the Mon- near Montana as a missile launch, but to the Soviets, it appeared the United States had started nuclear war. Protocol demanded that Sepukov 15 report any signs of a missile launch to the Soviet high command, but Petrov had a hunch that the warning was an error. He knew the satellite system was mistake-prone, and he also reasoned that any nuclear strike by the Americans would come in the form of hundreds of missiles, not just five. With only minutes to make a decision, Petrov chose to ignore the blaring warning signs and reported the launch as a false alarm, a move that may have averted a nuclear holocaust. The incident remained classified until after the Cold War ended, but Petrov later received several humanitarian awards for his extraordinary actions and was even honored by the United Nations. Wow, Petrov, thank you, man. It was all in his hands. He could have have said uh, they launched, and they would have gone into action and launched back, because that was the protocol in the Cold War. Wow. So that was one out of many. This was like, most of these happened, I think, during Cold War times. And in Cold War times, the most dangerous thing was that the U.S. was enemies with the Soviet Union. And so they weren't mm-hmm. really talking, you know, uh, mm-hmm. in that sense. So they were just straight up monitoring and waiting to see if who was going to launch first so that they could launch theirs. Yeah, Mutually assured mm-hmm. destruction is what it was called. Literally, it was called MAD. Mutually assured destruction. It meant... If the one if the enemy launches missiles, those missiles are going to hit and they're going to destroy your your whole you know your country, but you mm-hmm. launch your missiles and make sure that they also get destroyed because that's all they could do. So um, a lot of these were really <laughs> like any you know false alarm could have triggered World War Three and the Holocaust. Why are we trying to kill ourselves again? Asking for a friend, cynic. Why are we trying to kill ourselves? The human race, man. 
What mm. race? The human race. <laughs> you know me. Optimistic. Sunshines and rainbows over here, bro. Yeah. <laughs> I know. That was dope. Scary, but dope. I felt like it was a little anticlimactic because what the listeners won't know is that I started reading the wrong one at first. And I felt like the wrong one seems to have been more interesting than this. <laughs> After you read the second one, it was like, oh, yeah, but the first one. Nah. <laughs> now, they were right. both good. It's just fucking it's scary, man. It is yeah, scary. It's scary to think that it got that close. And it was it would have been over, you know, technology. Technology mm. mishaps. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So. All right. So what are we talking about today? Today, you're on the red couch, my friend. Nice. With Freud. And let me say that. To the listeners, he doesn't know these questions. He doesn't know what's coming at him. So everything that he says is going to be organic. And that usually makes for the best content. So before we get into the questions, I want to start off by kind of telling your story. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you were born here in the United States. Decided to go ahead and, and join the military, which was the Air Force. Yep. And you didn't, you, we weren't shipped overseas at, uh, initially. They bounced you around and eventually you ended up in, in North Dakota in Minot Air Force Base. Mm-hmm. Fucking Fargo. It, it, was, it wasn't the most fun detail, I assume. So you went ahead and agreed to take the, you know, I, asked, I guess, the position. I asked to be to transferred. Get transferred. Yeah. Okay. And that's what brought you over to Germany, yeah. Europe, to Germany, yeah. right? But that did extend your contract by like a year and a half or something like that, right? It wasn't. It extended it by close to a year. Uh, it was almost a year. But then what happened was that I got extended again involuntarily because of 9-11. That was right when 9 my, I was due to leave right when 9-11, not right when it happened, but like a year after it happened. And they were still holding people in. They weren't letting people out. And think about us guys as, as his family at that point in time, having somebody in the military, you know, while people are bombing us, you know, and killing us. And and I, I don't think he would have, I don't think, and I won't answer this question for you, but I don't think anybody in the military is ever afraid of doing it, right? You understand that that's part of the job and you're willing to do it if you have to do it. But as your family, you know, you're like, I hope that, <laughs> I hope, you know, I hope everything's all right. I mean, there wasn't even one time yeah. that you were like in, the, in Kuwait, right? In the desert. Yeah, I was there three on three separate occasions, actually, for temporary duty assignments. So three months, four months at a time on three separate occasions. I got lucky at the end. At the end, I got lucky because when they held us up from from being able to to get out of the military because of nine eleven, I was due to ship to nine to to Afghanistan. Actually, like they they <laughs> they told me that I was going to be uh, on one of the first tours to go. Well, let me rephrase that. They told me that it looks like I might be on the first one of the first tours to go. Because they just weren't sure yet what was going to happen. But eventually they lifted the moratorium and let those who were due to get out, get out. So I never, I never had to go. Yeah, that's how it happened. Yeah, that's that That was fun. Um, but that was just kind of to give you guys an idea of, of how you ended up there. Um, and in that process, you met somebody who I love very much, near and dear to my heart. Your wife. Mm-hmm. Um, and that happened before you got out of the military. So by the time you got out of the military, mm-hmm. what you did is you came back home, right? You came back to the States. Exactly. Tried, tried it out for a few. You guys weren't feeling it. Went back. Been there ever since. So that's a quick rundown yeah. of my brother's life. Hope you don't mind, Cynic. <laughs> <laughs> and I got some questions for you, man. That's my life. <laughs> I got some questions for you because I'm sure that there's some listeners that may come across us either that have thought about possibly leaving. I know I've even considered it even before this shit's hit the fan. 
Um, mm-hmm. You know, me and you have been toying around with the idea of like, yo, I'm, I'm about to jump ship. You know, I'm, I'm out. Um, so if 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 you are one of those people, maybe, you know, this this podcast can help. So first question I have for you, Cynic, is besides the language barrier, what was the hardest thing to adjust to moving back to Germany? And when I say back to Germany, this is after you got out of um, the, the Air Force, came back home for mm-hmm. two or three years and then decided to go back, which is yeah where you've been so when yeah exactly that's exactly right when i came back here with my wife uh that was the first time i was living in germany just on my on my own so to speak because before that i was in the military so Mm -hmm. being in the military you know your life is is pretty much organized and dictated and it goes a certain way and you live in a certain place and but when i when we came back here i was just i was a civilian so the experience is different it's very different, right? Because when you're in the military, a lot of things are taken care of for you or they tell you how to take care of things, you know? But when you're a civilian, if you don't have someone like I had my, with my wife, you got to figure it all out on your own, right? Luckily with my wife, because she's German, she knew a lot about what needed to be done. And if she didn't, she knew where to find the information. But to answer your question, the besides the language barrier, the, the most difficult thing for me was was actually the color of my skin. And, and what I mean is it wasn't that everywhere I went, I felt some sort of, like I felt racism. It wasn't that. Mm-hmm. But coming from the U.S., you see people of all races, right? You see everything and you're used to it. And so you don't feel like you stand out. But here it mm-hmm. was like, I feel like I have a... <laughs> <laughs> you know, like some the shit on my head. My I, head exactly. Because you look around and all you all at the at that time, all I saw was just white German people. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that was yeah. besides the language barrier, that was definitely one of the most intimidating things for me to to deal with. And sometimes it's much less nowadays, but sometimes it still creeps up. These yeah. days though, yeah. uh, at least where I live in Berlin uh, it's much more multicultural these days, for sure. This isn't a question on on the list, but you know me, go with the flow, right? Do it. Do you think that? I think this is a perfect, you know, example of somebody leaving their bubble, mm-hmm. right? Because mm-hmm. if you never would have left here, this would have been the norm to you, and you would have thought that that's the way it is everywhere because this is all you know, right? Do you think going over there and experiencing that did it humble you in a way? Absolutely. I mean, obviously, you stayed there, so you you were able to 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 you know overcome it. Absolutely, but the word you used was perfect. It was it was spot on. Humbling is exactly what it is. In particular, being an American, you, you know, you know because you've been here. As an American, you really expect that the world is your oyster, right? Fucking Americans, baby, and everything works you know, in a certain way and people will react to you in a certain way. And, you know, even let's take a very simple example, customer service, like customer is always first, right? And that's what you expect wherever you go, whatever interaction you're going to have in the US, right? And when I moved here as a civilian, um, that was a wake up call. I mean, granted, Yes, uh, the fact that I am obviously not German, you know, you can see that right away, may have with some people, may have played a role. But to be honest, um, 
I don't really think it matters in in this sense what the color of your skin is. The the culture here is is very different, and if you come in here as an American thinking that the world will work the way it does back in the states, you're sorely mistaken. No one gives a shit that you're an American. No one gives a shit that yes. you expect top notch customer service, even if you're wrong. <laughs> they don't. None of that. None of that. So you definitely need like a reality check, and you realize, okay, so the world does work differently. <laughs> And it doesn't revolve around me. And it doesn't revolve around me. That's dope. I want to tell a quick story. First time I ever went to Germany. You know, here in America, we use ice with our drinks. Right? <laughs> Last time I went, it was different, though. You guys stepped it up. First time I ever went, asked for something to drink. Mind you, I'm sitting down at, at this restaurant, not being able to read a lick of the menu. And I'm like, uh, like Google Gaga, cynic, what, what's on the menu? Because then you're telling mm -hmm. me whatever's mm -hmm. there. I asked for, for something to drink. It doesn't come with any ice. So then I asked for ice. Guys, look, he looks at me like I'm an alien, right? Comes back, brings me one cube of ice. <laughs> Fuck you, you silly American. <laughs> Things are different there, man. Things are different. Next question for you, Cynic. Um, what is the main reason why you felt the quality of life was better in Germany than in the States? Yeah, I guess the biggest, uh, the main reason would The first thing that comes to mind is work-life balance. I think that's a biggie. I mean, work is a huge chunk of our lives. So whatever the work situation is, wherever you are, it's going to have a big impact in how you, you know, how you feel, how you perceive your life is, your quality of life is. And here it was immediately um, noticeable that uh, the equation here is the other way around, you know, you As it should be it sounds a bit cliche but here you work to live you don't live to work and so there's some there's a lot of very friendly employee friendly laws right including um so like very generous uh vacation time and uh health care uh, that's a biggie that's kind of a separate one but that's a biggie it just in general it's like you obviously have to work everyone does um but you don't it have seems to like feel they care about the individual it seems like they care about the individual a little bit <laughs> a lot like words. a lot yeah <laughs> a lot you you don't feel like you don't have to feel like oh i have to stay over and do you know these you know unpaid extra hours or i have to work on the weekend i'm not saying people don't do that But here, if people do that, it's usually uh, something they're doing out of choice, you know. Um, and again, I'm, if anyone's listening and they feel like they're the one asshole who feels that they are forced to work, you know, more than their hours and work on weekends, I'm sorry, you're in the wrong job. But for the most part, most people don't feel that way. And when, they, mm -hmm. when they're done with work, they're done with work, you know. And, um, yep. of course, depending on the company, you get different um, vacation times you know uh, days of vacation per year but mm -hmm. most of them are, are pretty generous i mean i don't know what the standard is in the states at the moment or at least let's say in florida where you are but um it differs it, it differs on on the employer i remember one of them one of the main ones how long were you uh, allowed time off when you had your son was it like three months or something like that yeah so when you when you have a child um I'm a little rusty on the the day the the time frame exactly, but I know that the mom can take a year off, and her you know her job is secure. 
And I believe getting paid throughout that year, right or no? She is getting paid. I'm not. I don't remember what the percentage is. I don't think she's. I don't think she's getting paid full, but she is getting uh, paid. And I believe that the husband can also. I don't know now if it applies to any couple, so I say husband, but whatever the spouse. Mm -hmm. um, Don't be offended. Yeah, down that fucking rabbit hole. Um, what but, if I don't want to be identified as a husband? <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> the uh, partner, spouse, whatever, um, now can take, um, I think it's, I think they can somehow divide it. So the spouse can take three months, I believe, paid. Mm -hmm. And then, then the, the, the mom or whatever can take then the remainder of the time. Like I said, I'm a little rusty, but it's quite generous. A year for sure, if the mom yeah. wants to take a year. And now the the I'll say the dad, um, but it's actually vice versa if they want to do it the other way around. Like mm -hmm. as a dad, I could take a year, I think, and the mom could take three months, something like that. You have plenty yeah, yeah, of yeah. time to spend with your baby in, in the first uh, parts of its life. Well, it should be, man. Next one I got for you, things that upset you about Germany. Well, I think... There are certain things that Germany does really great, and there are certain things that I feel like they're really still stuck in the, I don't know, 80s or, I don't know, 90s. Like, slowly, so let me give you an example. Like, now it's different, or at least I, I hope it's different. I haven't had this problem in a while. But, you know, one of the things I noticed early on is, like, when you needed to do anything regarding, like, your uh, official, yeah, whether it's government, or with a bank or with your health insurance a lot of things for the longest time were paper-based and paper-based only and even if you could go online to the website and ask for something let's say you you let's say you needed you know sometimes i don't know how it works there but let's say you have a bank card you know and you need to reset your pin yeah what's the process over there if that happens like what do you do you don't remember the PIN for your uh, ATM card. So what do you do? Just call the bank and they'll verify your identity first. And either they can change it, which I'm pretty sure they can, or the worst case scenario, they'll just send you a new card. Okay. And in the meantime, if you don't, if you can't access your card, do they do anything so that you can access money if you, if your card isn't working? It depends. I mean, if it's, if it's like on a Sunday and the banks are closed, you're going to have to wait till it opens. That's fine. Yeah. But I mean, just a regular weekday or something. Yeah, but we did. They'll tell you to come in, and they'll give you a temporary one on the spot, so you'll be able to take it out and until you get your new one, or or just change it for you on the spot. So, like, I I remember being extremely frustrated with uh, this particular example where, you know, I think we had even just opened an account, but what they would do is they send you like the card in the card first per mail mm -hmm. in the post, yeah, and then mm -hmm. they send you in a separate letter again in the mail the actual pin number right that's if you want to get just a card but let's say you you've, you need your card your pin number reset so same process basically they'll send you a new pin in the mail this is snail mail i'm talking about okay there's nothing digitally that you could do back then and i remember being extremely frustrated with that and and with the government offices as well or the health insurance you know if you if you're sick from work, you know, there's like this slip that you get, you know, this doctor's note that you get. And you got to send one copy to the health insurance and one copy to your um, employer. And you have to, for the longest time, you had to do all that manually. Like, you know, 
manually per per regular mail. Mm-hmm. You know, so you you're mm-hmm. sending out two envelopes, you know, to, through the post every time. <laughs> Digitally, they just took forever to catch up. <laughs> or even paying with a ATM card, a debit card. A lot of places when I first got here, they didn't take a debit card. What? You needed to pay cash. Yeah, yeah that's crazy. But but all of that is changing now. I have to say, at least in Berlin, yeah. like I can do everything digitally with my health insurance now. Um, I at least one of our banks, we can do everything digitally, including resetting our pins, and they're, they're catching up. But but they they're slow. Now on the app, you could probably change it. I forgot about that too. Yeah. What is? Uh, I guess this is a two part question. What are some of the things that uh, you hate about the states or dislike? Hate's a strong word, but you get it. Oh, I guess. It's how everyone is kind of in a bubble there. I think it's one of the things that annoy me the most. The ignorance. Ignorance is one thing. Willful ignorance is another. And that's what you're talking about. It's like, um, okay, you don't have to... Obviously, you can't know, you know, what it's like everywhere. No one really does, right? But um, at least being conscious and aware that things are different in different places. They work differently. And that some places do it better than you by the way, that kind of thinking is, at least at the time, I, again, I don't know how much has changed. Um, I've been gone like 14 years Over now. 10 years. Right? Yeah. So I'll give you a concrete example. When, when we went back to the States together, my wife and I, you know, I got out of the military. We went, I had to go back to the States. You know, I had to find regular work and whatever. I got a job, you know, for the military, uh, but as a civilian. And, mm-hmm. Not to to, to, to to shit on these guys at all. They're, they're really cool people. You know, some of them I'm still in touch with today. One of them, as a matter of fact, now lives here. Um, he's a really good friend of mine, and I'm so happy that he moved here now because we can hang out. Um, but I realized then when I was sort of back in the machine, the, the employee, the employer machine, the, the work machine in, in the U.S., coming from the, from from overseas, that... Everything there is like blinders. It's like if if I were to talk about anything outside of sports or music or whatever, you know, whatever the thing was, if I was talking about anything related to international or it was like, okay. But did you see Kim Kardashian's ass? You know what I mean? Exactly. That kind of stuff. So that I think is what annoys me the most, even to this day. And. (laughs) <laughs> on a, on a one hand you know in a certain way I, I can i can understand it you know if, if that's all you see that's all you're exposed to i get it you know and on top of that there's so much distraction thrown at you guys i think over here it's come somehow slowly becoming like that but um i mm. guess we're still a decade or so away before we're that bad did you ever feel like you turned your back on your country by leaving no absolutely not Oh, right. Why? There, there you go. No, no, that's just a question. You're, I know, I know, I know. I'm but... not implying that you did. Just <laughs> <laughs> a question, man. Don't beat me up. Said it. Whoa. <laughs> no, 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 not at all. All right, so let's get a little fun here. Top three favorite German dishes that you have. Well, there's the there's the obvious one that most people know. That's the schnitzel. That dunna. Oh, schnitzel's good. <laughs> Yeah, I love that dinner, baby. You got the inside scoop, man. Nobody knows about dinner. <laughs> uh, yeah, the schnitzel is, I mean, that's not, I guess, actually, I should look that up. Like, 
the the the, the traditional schnitzel, the Wiener schnitzel, is from Austria. But whatever. <laughs> now, now, People guys, eat. we say Wiener schnitzel here. So when you hear him say Wiener schnitzel, he means Wiener schnitzel. <laughs> but that's actually the right way of saying it. I think you might have lost a couple of people there. The yeah. Venus schnitzel. Yeah, yeah, that one. That one's from what Austria. Else? But but the schnitzel, schnitzel. I I I mean, it's one of the top. Uh, what else do I really love? Um, I can only tell you the German names. It's called Rinder Rinderrouladen. It's a it's it's like a think of a beef, sort of a very thin beef steak, right? Mm-hmm. And okay. it's inside. It's filled with um, oh, I know it has pickles in there, and it's, I don't, it might have some other feel, filling. And then it's rolled up, uh, and it's served with like a sauce, like, uh, like a brown gravy sauce. Um, that's also one of my favorites. And um, I guess the traditional Christmas dinner here i also absolutely love so here the tradition for christmas is um they have goose um mm-hmm. um and along with the goose they have what they call green coal which is green i guess like greens or green cabbage kind of thing it's i don't know how to, how you, it, eat, you eating collard greens food we it's not it's not collard greens <laughs> but think in that direction yes um okay. these greens are made like with uh, i guess it depends who makes it but they like have these little pieces of bacon in them as well it's just fuck it's amazing um then they have a red cabbage which is sort of it's a sweeter one it's mm. called hot coal red cabbage um then they have these little balls called clues which are like <laughs> I, i'm describing all these that they're um <laughs> they're, they're these this is this dough yeah and it's uh rolled up into a ball and it's cooked <laughs> <laughs> and it's cooked uh, in 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 like boiling water or whatever and and that is kind of like the traditional christmas meal mm. and we all look forward to it. the the goose is amazing and then with gravy of course the goose has it's like thing i guess it's similar to what you would expect in that thanksgiving you know, when you have mm-hmm. a nice, nicely cooked turkey, except yeah, goose yeah, is yeah, not yeah. D- as dry as turkey, at least usually. Like, I know it depends how you make the turkey. You can make it juicier. But yeah, goose, yeah, yeah, you yeah. don't with goose, you don't really have that issue so much. So that would be my third. Down here we're eating, down here we're eating lechon y con gris, baby, Christmas. Let's get it. What are <laughs> <laughs> what are um your top three favorite American dishes? American dishes? That's a funny thing, actually, because... When you say American, what are we really talking about? That's something that I run into a lot here. Like when I, I'm some sometimes people talk to me and I'm sort of this representative for America. But America is big, and and every yeah. state has their own little thing actually. And then you have all the cultures yeah. in there that have their own little thing. So that's something that I often have to remind people of, because mm-hmm. when they talk to me or ask me questions, it's like how should I answer that? There is no real american this or american that unless you want me to say a hamburger or something like that right but if i talk to if i talk to people about what we're used to eating like what you said lechon uh, that's not really american yeah that's from where we're from what are three dishes that you miss from back home whatever they may be whatever culture may have influenced them pastelon so you don't have necessarily access to it pastelon, pastelon with the 
el maduro con el queso yeah, y la carne. Yeah. For anyone who doesn't yeah, know, yeah. think of something that Fire. looks like a lasagna, but instead of those like traditional uh, layers, it has a sweet plantains, it has uh, rice in there. It's, White rice. Yeah. No. A ground beef. Exactly. Cheese on top. Fire. Mm-hmm. I miss that. Um, I miss our mom's uh, arepas. I'm craving them. Right. I, I want to get them here, but I have to go somewhere a little bit further away to get the, the right flour. But. Can I send you the arena, bro? I can get it here, though. I, you can, but I can get it uh, here. It's just that I'm not in tight it's, out of, it's out of my way. <laughs> <laughs> but I appreciate that. And I can tell you that what I do miss and will continue to miss is the general, just general um, variety of fast food. Yeah, it's just, that is unbeatable. And even though we all know it's unhealthy as fuck, but the ability to be able to just go out and get it if you want, that's something that I miss. Like, if I want to have Taco Bell right now, I cannot do that because there is no Taco Bell here. Just as an example, yeah, I know yeah. some people think Taco Bell is shit. i just given an example. Take, um, what, what's the other, what's the, the new the new hippie one uh, where, you, where you go and you get <laughs> The Chipotle? Chipotle, canal. <laughs> I can't go you to Chip- Chipotle. Chipotle, exactly. I can't. Yeah. Now, in the last years, because everything that, that happens there slowly trickles here. So they, there are a couple of places that do that. But believe me, when I first moved here, you say Chipotle or you say you ask for something that's similar, people would have looked at you like, what the hell are you talking about? You couldn't just go out and get that. And even today, if I want that, that only. There are only a couple of those types of restaurants, and they're kind of sporadically located. You know, I can't go down the block yeah, and go to Chipotle. So fast food in general, this comfort food in general, very different. Yeah, I miss that. It's, it's, it's tough, man. Let me tell you, you need willpower. I live five minutes away, not lying to you, from about 25 different food places. Yeah, It's on one main road. You know, it. and you have everything from restaurants like, you know, the Olive Garden and Longhorn Steakhouse. Flanagan's. To oh, to I miss PDQ, Flanagan's. Flanagan wings, half racket wings. I miss Ooh. Flanagan's so bad. But, you know, those are the things that you don't have here. You just don't have it. And even if yeah. they exist in some way, then it's not like over there. They're going to fuck it up somehow. It's a, no, the food is <laughs> the food is good, but it's it's so rare that it's a special occasion kind of thing. You know, over mm-hmm. there, if you say, yo, you, you want flannies? You go out and you get flannigans. That's it. Over here, it's like, okay, so we want to go on Friday night to, you know, I don't know, TGI Fridays? or I don't, I don't We don't have a TGI Fridays, but you know what I mean? Because it's located somewhere in, in the center of town. It's like, you, you're not going to just pop in there. Yeah, that's, that's, that's a night. You, know, you make a, make a night of it. You know what I mean? So um, Fuel up the car, honey. <laughs> <laughs> exactly all right um next one i got for you is how hard was it to learn how to drive in germany was it hard at all no maybe it wasn't no i mean driving here is fine because it, it's not any silliness like in the uk where they're on the other side of the road or you know what i mean <laughs> silliness. that's just ridiculous but <laughs> But, of course, you have to learn the rules and you have to learn the signs. So I did have to take a test. Yeah. Um, the funny thing about that is that um, whether you have to take... So there are two tests. There's a written test and there's a driving test. Mm-hmm. 
whether you have to take one, both, or none completely depends on what state you're coming from in the U.S. So what I mean, did you get that? So coming from, so having a Florida driver's license, that meant that the Florida rules applied. There's different stipulations. Yes. Yeah. And for That's Florida, weird. for Florida, it meant I had to take the written test, but not the driving test. So I had to learn the signs and I had to learn all that bullshit. And then I had to go take the test, which I flunked the first time. And then I took it again and then I passed it. <laughs> you know why? Because they were like, look, if you were able to drive in Florida, you'll be just fine here. Just make sure you understand what the fucking signs are. Take this test. But <laughs> Florida's another animal. If you survived out there, you'll do just fine. Um, next one I got for you, man, is being part of both governments. Which one do you feel is more stable? Which one do you feel is more solid? Hmm. I, I mean, it's good that you said which one do I feel is more solid because I don't really have any data or facts to back that one up. But I f- yeah, yeah, it's all about your experience, right? Yeah, I feel like the one here is more solid. To be honest, yeah. I mean, in in some ways, I mean, in some ways, maybe you could argue not because I, I suspect that a lot of the system here. Well, let me let me clarify that when you say government, you mean literally just the government or do you mean sort of all of it including like the economy and everything yeah all of that encompassing yeah i think i I suspect that a lot of uh i everything is so intertwined now with this globalization i think that to 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 i can't really imagine that germany is let's say it's just it's 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 good and stable and is sort of it's irrelevant what happens in the U.S. I don't think that's the case. I think if the U.S. were to freaking fail tomorrow, it would have a huge impact on on Germany. But Mm. that being said, um, for the most part, you could think of the German government and the economy as more conservative in the sense that they're much more careful with what they do and what they allow. And you know what I mean? Um, even when it comes, Uh-oh. even when it comes to banking, so so we just bought a house, right? And we realized during this process that getting a loan here is not as easy as it is getting a loan in the states. First of all, like the bar is for already a little higher, but even if you then do get a loan, we realized <laughs> during that process that if you default on anything. Like, you personally are liable for a lot, you know? It's not like we can just claim bankruptcy, you know? And then and then we're good. You know what I mean? Like The you, American dream. Exactly. I mean, bankruptcy sucks, but, I mean, it's something you can do. And then, I don't, I don't you know. Always, you always have a way out over here. Yeah, I don't know. Our president <laughs> hasn't paid taxes in 10 fucking years. There's always a way out. And that's the difference. Over there, it's fucking tight. You know, if somebody, you know, if you if you default, you're never gonna shake this shit off. You'll be sixty years old still <laughs> owing this money. Over here, claim bankruptcy, seven years is gone. Why yeah, not? I mean, American there's dream. bankruptcy here as well, or some equivalent to it. But in specifically with the example of like the house, I realized, damn. Uh, yes, if you don't have the money, of course you don't have the money. But before you can say I don't have the money, they they're gonna look at every possible thing that you have of value, and they're gonna take it. And they're going to try to recoup as much as they can from it. You know what I mean? So, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm speaking very generally. I'm sure in the details, there's, there's stuff that they can't do. You, you know, they won't put you out on the street until that you're homeless. 
which is something that yeah, you would yeah, expect yeah. in the states. That won't happen For here. Sure. I would be. I would go so far as to say that no one here has to be homeless. They have homeless people, but no one here really has to be homeless because the system here is set up in such a way that if you need the help, it's there. Even if it means mm. you you're getting help for everything, your rent, you know, your so that you have money to, food, for food. Bills, you won't yeah. be living a life of luxury, but you don't have to live on the street if you don't want to. Put it like that. Yeah, heard, man, heard. Uh, next one I got for you, brother, is that very moment that you made the decision to go. Was it a hard decision? I mean, of course, when I, I didn't realize it at the time when I, when you know, when I first, when we first arrived in the states and I started working. You know, I didn't realize it as it was happening that I felt out of place. It was the way it happened was, we came back to Germany to visit my wife's family, right? And for me, it was just a visit, like, you know, as if we were, you know, as if right now we would go visit you guys in the States. And uh, the trip came to an end. It was time to get ready to go home. And I realized that I didn't want to go back. That's how it started. I realized I didn't want to go back. And I think maybe for most people, that's not such a foreign feeling because, you know, vacations are vacations, you know. They're great and you have such a great time and you think, oh, I wish I could stay here forever. But it was a little different than that. It wasn't like a pie in the sky. I don't want to go back. It was like, I'm really going to miss this life like or the possibility of this life. And then that's when I started to realize, you know, at work, things are just weird. I can't I don't I don't have the same topics in common with people. I can't have discussions with people about things. Then it started to, you know all come up and i realized okay i'm not really happy here yeah that's when it, so mm-hmm. it kind of happened that way around and so by the time i realized those things no it, it wasn't hard a hard decision of mm-hmm. course there was you know the the stresses of okay what am i going to do for work um what about mm-hmm. the language all those things i got online and i found out what i could there was already a community of people here you know sharing their experiences and I guess what also helped is, yes, my wife is German. Her family is here. Mm-hmm. All that helped. Yeah, you had a support system. We had yeah, a support yeah. system, which is funny because we wanted to actually come back to... We wa- we were thinking of coming back to Spain. Not coming back, but go- moving to Spain. Because I still mm-hmm. wanted... Like, even though... I mean, Europe is big, right? And the culture in Germany is very different from the culture in Spain, right? And in Spain, it's more like what you and I are used to. It's that warmer, not just climate, but how people are with each other. Whereas in Germany, you know, it's not quite that kind of culture. You know, it's a little little bit more yeah. distant, at least in the beginning. You know, it's not so that whole warm. But in Spain, you can expect that. And I thought, you know, I speak the language. I'm used to that. I would like that. But we chose to come here because our family was here. So as a starting point, it made sense to have the support structure. So that definitely helped. But at the end of the day, hmm. it was, it did require some leap yeah, you had to I had to take the leap and just hope that I would land on my feet. And it also helped besides those things that I mentioned, it helped to know that if we had trouble, we could get assistance from the government. There was never a concern that we could end up on on the street here. And that helps. Mm-hmm. That's a very big help. <laughs> you know what I mean? For sure, man. I you know what it I it, it brings me to this, man. 
Let's say you take that same trip a year later down the line. And now you're more disconnected from Germany because you've been in the States longer. Maybe you don't have that back and forth. You know, maybe you don't have that impulse. And it's just a testament that sometimes we're able to be numb to certain things. I don't even think that you, and, and you correct me if I'm wrong, I don't think that you were really consciously realizing that you weren't happy until you went back to Germany and you kind of remember how it was to live there. And then you started noticing shit at work is funny. You know, I really, I'm not really connected with people. Is that kind of how it happened? Mm -hmm. Cause I don't, I don't, yeah. Right. So, and, and I think that happens to a lot of us, man. Like we don't really take the time to self-evaluate, you know, we kind of just numb in our situation because that's our situation. I think, I think we need to do more of that, man, that kind of self-reflecting and really asking ourselves, are we happy with how things are going? Are we happy with where we are in our lives? No. The things that we want to change versus just existing. Right. And th you know, that experience was a catapult for you. It, it, it was great. Crucial. Uh, you know, it was, a, it was a pivot after that point. Yeah. But it just, for me, it's like, fuck, sometimes we, we do go numb to certain things, you know? I, I would go so far as to say we're constantly in danger of going numb to things. Life, especially nowadays, is constantly lulling you into this convenience. You know, the situation, you know, you find yourself in these situations of convenience and then you get so used to it that you realize... Anything that brings you outside of that convenience is going to be, well, obviously an inconvenience, but even worse, it might just be a disaster. And then you're going to lose the little comfort that you have and that you know. And that is something that I think happens all the time, constantly, at least I can speak for myself. Even here, even living where we are now and how we're living now, I still find myself sometimes just going into some autopilot and comfort zone and but the best things happen when we are are not just open to change, but when we take the leap and and try it. That that's Preach. that's just a fact. That that I can't Preach, man. I can't like emphasize that enough. You know, from the moment I decided to join the military, everything that happened from that point led to this. Everything. Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that was already a big change. Like I was. You know, that was from I, I, I went a month out of high school. That was the biggest leap I ever took. And it led to where I am now. Fresh out, baby. Yeah, it's crazy. Why were you at first reluctant to learn the language? I hated the language. I hated the way it sounded. And I hated the fact that none of I, I had nothing to relate. I couldn't relate anything to it. So it was just just to me was completely uh, obviously, it was foreign. It's literally foreign, but it just felt completely foreign. alien to me, and so mm -hmm. I couldn't stand how it sounded. I couldn't. I couldn't stand any of it, and so I just said, "I'm." I mean, I tried. I'll say try with quotes. I went and I took a course. It was kind of a bullshit course, but it was a course. And of course, I tried to learn on my own, but it wasn't clicking. And at some point, I just said, no, nah, I'm done. I'm, I, I'm not going to bother with this language because it's just, I, I don't like it. I don't like it, and it's too much unnecessary effort. You know, this was me arriving fresh as, as an American, right? I'm thinking that I don't need to learn <laughs> That's the language. What I'm, I'm thinking you, you're coming with that cocky American <laughs> swag. Yeah. I think that was part of that. You man. guys are going to understand me one way or another. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? We're all going to start speaking English from now on. No more German. <laughs> yeah that that was my uh initial push against learning the language it was just uh too 
It was too too foreign for me. Yeah. You say you you have an accent. I I guess to Germans you may have a slight accent. I think you fucking speak the shit fluently. But you've come a long way, my friend. I'm proud of you. Thank you, sir. I'm very proud. Appreciate of you. that. Hell yeah, man. I do. I got a couple more for you, man. Before we get out of here, um, why does the world hate Americans? I don't think they do. You don't? Th- I don't know. Uh, no, honestly, being here, I realize that often I have a worse opinion of Americans than the Germans. To be honest, I do. I think a lot of Germans, uh, I, and I, a lot is not all. I'm sure there are some that absolutely hate America, but those are by far the minority. I think a lot of just sort of level-headed Germans are either they don't, you know, whatever. America is America, like whatever other, any other country. But uh, I do think there are also a lot of them who not just like America. I've talked to some who even look up to America, which totally dumbfounds me. But they do. They, they there there are people who really see my doctor is one of them. My doctor was so happy, Frank, when Biden won. You have no idea. Every time I visit my doctor, as a matter of fact, he's totally chipper because he can talk with me about American politics. And he hated Trump so much. And he was so concerned that Trump might win. And all and, and whenever and when the last time I saw him he was so happy and he was telling me, Yes, American democracy worked you know, it was proof, and I was really like, <laughs> I mean, what was that? can I say? I, it's I, flattering. I like it's the flattering. guy, obviously, and, and I do appreciate his sentiment, even if I'm like, I feel like I'm a little more realistic down to earth, but <laughs> this is, a, is, this is a, a German, yeah? This is my doctor who's tell, yeah. talking like this. So I don't think yeah. uh, everyone hates Americans, um, but I do think that um, a lot of them wonder why americans make some of the decisions they make it leaves a lot of them quite surprised um already back when bush was reelected for the second time a lot of people were like what the f- really they were like really <laughs> then obama got elected and yeah everyone thought america was great again and and then trump got elected and everyone here was again like what the fuck is going on over there and there was real scare, fear that he would get elected again. <laughs> um, if you guys were, well, if some people had that sentiment over there, you can imagine how it is being on this side of the pond. Last one I got for you. Do you ever feel like an outsider living in Germany? Yeah, all the time. How is that, man? Like that constant feeling of, and, and for me, you know, when we say step outside of your comfort zone, take the leap, I think. You know, that in itself, it kind of encompasses that. You know, there was a, there's a, there was a term that I used to use with my, my students is get comfortable with being uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. I always used to tell them, be comfortable with this with the feeling of being uncomfortable and tired and pushed. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That has to that feeling has to be home to you. And once you can make that home, then it's not uncomfortable anymore. You know, do you feel like for you, that's something that you're always going to kind of like carry there that you're. It's kind of just something you have to deal with, or do you feel like eventually down the line you you won't feel like an outsider? That is a great question, especially I'm glad you saved that for last because you, it is um, the fact of the matter is for me that I and I and I told this to I think one other person that I know here I don't feel that I have a home, 
and you realize oh, that kills me bro. and you realize yeah. at some point that that affects you even if it doesn't affect you daily you know it affects you at some point and this year it kind of hit me hard around christmas time like i've I've been here a lot of christmases so it's not something you know everyone talks about it around christmas time you have a lot of people that get depressed because they're away from their families and stuff like that and i understand that but it's not something that i really felt i suffered from regularly but this year was different and i think it was part of that part of that um problem so I feel absolutely like an outsider here. I feel like an outsider everywhere I go, whatever I do. Um, what you describe now is probably the, the closest uh, way of describing how I live my life. I am 99% of the time just uncomfortable, just comfortable with being slightly uncomfortable. You know what I mean? And I think that is probably the only way you can do it. Thing is that sometimes it catches up with you like what happened to me this year you know um i definitely don't feel like this is my home i i know that when i'm back in the states i don't really feel like that's my home although you know i was telling my wife recently you know i said you know i was telling her about these feelings that i have and i said i realized that if it were if we were to flip it though you know and i was to be back we were to be back in in the states i would just be swapping you know, the comfort feelings here for the uncomfortable feelings there and vice versa. Because all the peace of mind that I have here, that we have here, from work to life to family, for me would be upside down. I would have all the stress of, you know, constantly worrying about work and, you know, making worried about not being fucking fired and worrying about my 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 kid and is he going to a good school and you know what i mean all of those things trying to fit in some vacation time in my two weeks of vacation that i get a year all those things i don't have to worry about here i wouldn't want to swap those things but the consequence of that for me anyway is i'm sort of in limbo all the time when it comes to feeling like okay i'm home but you learn to live with it. I mean, like I said, 14 years, you learn to live with it. And, you know, I'm going to get emotional now, man, and I don't want to. <laughs> um, but, you know, hearing somebody that you care for as much as I care for you say that you don't have a, that you don't feel like you have a home is tough, man, you know. Um, I want you to know, dude, that home is where you make it. I feel you. I feel you, bro. I do. I do. And um, I'm very familiar with that statement. And, and I think it's it's it's. It's it's valid and and I think it can you can go far with that mentality. You know, every now and then you feel like you trip up, but at the end of the day, I think I think it's 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 true. You know, you know, especially when you have a family of your own. Then what else? You know, what what else? What more can you want? Wherever, as long as you guys are together, you know what I mean. Um, yeah. Thank you for being so candid, man, and, and sharing that with, with us. And hopefully, you know, we were able to cover some things that maybe people were wondering about, you know, along the way. Yeah, absolutely. My pleasure. Uh, those were some great questions. I hope it was interesting for everyone. It was a good general um, overview of at least my experiences so far. So I was happy to do it. Let's do it. You got the quote for us? Yeah, this week, um, in honor of our discussion 
about me moving to Germany. I actually found a quote that I heard it for the first time just a couple of weeks ago, listening to one of my now favorite shows. I mentioned it last week on the podcast. I won't mention mm -hmm. it again because we're not giving any more free <laughs> advertising to this. <laughs> But I, I've been watching the, or my wife and I were watching this show. We're finished with it now. I can tell you the name. It's called Dark. Um, mm -hmm. It's a German production. And so we watched it in German. And uh, I heard this quote and I had to play it back like twice because it was one of those things that you hear it and you immediately feel it. You know, yeah. and and I was talking, 100%. I was talking to my wife about it, and and she, it was just like I couldn't let it go. So when we decided to make this episode uh, on on this topic, I thought, you know, I just heard this quote, or I just heard this in the show. It's it's made such an impact for me. Why not share it? You know, and and what we'll do is, um, I'll read the German quote you know, in the, its original language. And then you can read the English quote so that everyone knows what the hell I'm saying. When you said it to me, man, it, it gave me ideas of how I wanted to use it in the future. Like you said, man, it just, it shook me to the core. And I really think it's going to be a treat for the people, man. Yeah, I hope so. I mean, I, I think a, a, a bit of it does depend on context, right? So, of course, the show has its its, its storyline and this, 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 this quote is from the show and it makes total sense. You know, if you're just coming from soccer practice and you hear this, you're going to be like, what the fuck are you talking about? Nevertheless, uh, maybe keep it, you know, maybe one time, one day or at some point in your life. Um, this will, it'll trigger something for you. It'll resonate. Mm -hmm. So this quote is, uh, like I said, it's from the show um, Dark. It's from season two, episode seven, I believe. And the main character, one of one of the versions of the main character starts the episode off by saying the following Der Mensch ist ein eigenartiges Geschöpf Man is a peculiar creature All sein Handeln ist motiviert aus Verlangen All his actions are motivated by desire Sein Charakter geschmiedet aus Schmerz His character is forged out of pain so sehr er auch versucht, den Schmerz zu verdrängen, das Verlangen zu unterdrücken, so wenig kann er sich doch freimachen von der ewigen Knetschaft seiner Gefühle. As much as he tries to repress the pain, to suppress his desires, he cannot free himself from the internal bondage of his feelings. Denn solange der Sturm in ihm tobt, kann er keinen Frieden finden. For as long as the storm rages within him, He can find no peace. Nicht im Leben, nicht im Tod. Not in life, not in death. Und so wird er Tag für Tag alles tun, was nötig ist. And so, day after day, he will do whatever is necessary. Der Schmerz, sein Schiff. Das Verlangen, sein Kompass. His pain is his ship. His desires are his compass. Wozu der Mensch doch fähig ist. Oh, what man is capable of. Der Mensch ist ein eigenartiges Geschöpf. All sein Handel ist motiviert aus Verlangen. Sein Charakter geschmiedet 
aus Schmerz, so sehr er auch versucht, den Schmerz zu verdrängen, das Verlangen zu unterdrücken, so wenig kann er sich doch freimachen von der ewigen Knetschaft seiner Gefühle. Denn solange der Sturm in ihm tobt, kann er keinen Frieden finden, nicht im Leben, nicht im Tod. Und so wird er Tag für Tag alles tun, was nötig ist. Der Schmerz sein Schiff, das Verlangen sein Kompass, wozu der Mensch doch fähig ist. Man is a peculiar creature. All his actions are motivated by desire. His character is forged out of pain. As much as he tries to repress the pain, to suppress his desires, he cannot free himself from the internal bondage of his feelings. For as long as the storm rages within him, he can find no peace. Not in life, not in death. And so, day after day, he will do whatever is necessary. His pain is his ship. His desires are his compass. Oh, what man is capable of. Alrighty, man, that was... You know, I want to retract something because I said everybody was going to enjoy that. And you're absolutely right. You leave your soccer practice, you're going to be a like, man, these guys are emo over here. <laughs> I, I think it depends where you are in your life. If that shook your soul, then you know you're swimming in our pool, baby. Mm -hmm. And Cynic, thank you for bringing that to the people, man. That was very, very powerful and very, very true, which is the scariest part. Mm -hmm, exactly. I think that's why it resonates with both yeah. of us. But that was uh, my pleasure, always. Yes, Good stuff, man. Well, this was Expat Chronicles. We hope you enjoyed it. Cynic, yes. thank you for, for letting us in. Thank you. For being as open as candid. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I hope it was in it's interesting for some folks. If it's not for others, I mean, that's understandable. But I hope at least some people feel it's a little bit of an insight into one perspective, right, of, a, of an American who decided to move to overseas, yeah, to Germany in this case. And, uh, yeah, I was happy to share. So if, if it's something people want to hear more about, let us know. We can do it again. Let's do it. And if this, if, hey, if you were wrestling with the idea of making a move, maybe the move isn't going out of, uh, out of the country, but maybe it's out of state. You know, maybe it's a different job. Maybe it's a different relationship. Take that leap. We are out of here. Season three, episode two, no stone unturned. Finito. Let's get it. All right, folks. Rapperoonie, take care of yourselves and each other. Yes. We'll catch you all next week. Same time, same place, same channel. Cocky American out. <laughs> Juice. Peace.
I, I would go so far as to say we're constantly in danger of going numb to things. Life, especially nowadays, is constantly lulling you into this convenience. You know, the situation, you know, you find yourself in these situations of convenience and then you get so used to it that you realize anything that brings you outside of that convenience is going to be, well, obviously an inconvenience, but even worse, it might just be a disaster. And then you're going to lose the little comfort that you have and that you know. And that is something that I think happens all the time, constantly, at least I can speak for myself, even here, even living where we are now and how we're living now, I still find myself sometimes just going into some autopilot and comfort zone. And But the best things happen when we are, are not just open to change, but when we take the leap and, and try it.